This is Tanner Today. I'm Trish Wood. This is Tammy Peterson. This is Curtis Stone. This is Quick Tick McDick. This is Akira the Don, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. How's everybody doing today? Merry Christmas. Um, I hope, uh, personally, I hope uh, that uh, nobody listens to this. I hope you're... <laughs> Not, I mean, nobody listens to it on the day of. It's Christmas. I hope you're with family and friends. If you're, um, if you're working and and that's why you're tuning in. I remember the first time I ever released uh, a Christmas episode was the first year, and I wasn't going to do it. I was like, oh, I'll take Christmas off, and I think it was Troy Clark. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out that name, Troy. Um, showed it to you. I, I, I believe it was him who texted me and said, you know, I got to work Christmas, and I would love it if you'd re- release something for me. And uh, I guess it kind of changed my mindset on on uh, on any holiday, is that there's always uh, good people out um, doing the work. And so you know, um, since then I've never looked at any holiday, including Christmas, the same way. Obviously, I'm I've recorded this uh, the week before, um, but we make sure on this side that we we have something on uh, uh, whenever the Monday is, regardless of the holiday. And, um, you know, but in saying that, I, I really hope uh, the day of that there, there's like zero downloads. I hope, uh, you know, it's it's later on that people tune in. But uh, Merry Christmas to you if you are working today. Um, I appreciate you tuning in and uh, stay safe on, on you know, um, wherever you are. And I hope you get to spend time with family and friends. I hope you get to... Uh, Enjoy some uh, turkey or whatever whatever it is um, on your end that uh, you find folks do for Christmas. I know our Christmas today, we are on the road to the United States of America. So uh, we're heading down south, and that's where we're going to be. Uh, hopefully the weather holds out for us. Um, we always, uh, the Newman family always rents the, the ice and goes skating um, and, uh, and has a lot of fun that way. So I, I always look forward to Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you all, wherever you are, and uh, appreciate you all tuning in today. I hope, uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. That's, that's there. That's, yeah, to, to all of you. Merry Christmas. Now, um, today's episode brought to you by uh, Canadians for Truth. They, uh, they're a nonprofit organization consisting of Canadians who believe in honesty, integrity, and the principal leadership in government as well as Canadian Bill of Rights, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the Rule of Just Laws. They have a show coming up here in January. Chris Skye is going to be in Calgary with uh, Theo and Jamie. So if that's something you're interested in, just head to canadiansfortruth.ca. Silver Gold Bull, North America's premier precious metals dealer with state-of-the-art distribution centers in Calgary, Alberta, and Las Vegas, Nevada. They insure fast, fully insured, discreet shipping right to your doorstep. And uh, you can get there, silvergoldbull.ca. Go in the show notes. Everything's sitting right there for you. Prophet River, Clay Smiley, and the group there, they uh, they are the major retailers of firearms, optics, and accessories. They serve all of Canada. Just go to profitriver.com. And uh, they, remember, they ship all across Canada. So uh, for that hunter, that sportsman in your life, uh, if you're looking for something, ProfitRiver.com, and remember, all across Canada. Tyson and Tracy, Mitchell, Mitchco Environmental, wishing everybody a Merry Christmas. I should say that from all these companies. Uh, they, they're they all wishing you a Merry Christmas. It's uh, uh, a special day today, you know? Um, I don't know. What's what's everybody's uh, Christmas tradition? Maybe they fire me off a text. Uh, I would love to hear. And I just got my first, I should point this out, I got my first, uh, um, I got my first, 
20-second uh, video from one of the listeners. So appreciate if if you guys have any thoughts on the podcast here in between the holidays. Um, if you if you want to send me off a quick voice uh, and video or video message, I guess is what I was looking for. Try and keep it to 20 seconds just on the podcast, 2023. Uh, just say hello. Uh, you know, um, we'll try and put something together here on the holidays. Uh to toss out or maybe the beginning of the new year. Um, but either way, if, if you, that you're so inclined, please do. Um, for Mitch Cole, Merry Christmas. If you're looking for a job here in the new year, uh, give him a call, 780-214-4004, mitchcocorp.ca. That's where you can find out more. And uh, Carly Kloss from Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table. When it comes to mantles, decks, windows, doors, sheds, podcast studio tables, stop in and see Windsor Plywood. All right, now let's get on to that tale of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals, delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field locations. For more information, visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca. He's an economist, freelance speaker, social critic, and lay theologian. He's the author and editor of TannerInAday.com, where he regularly comments on politics, ethical, religious, and economic issues. I'm talking about Tanner in a Day. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Pleasure. Joined by Mr. Tanner Naday again. How are you? How are you doing, sir? Not so bad. How are you? Yeah, good. good. And uh, I've, as I told you, this is going to release on Christmas. So to anyone working and listening today, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Merry Christmas to you all. I as I as I said in the preamble. I hope nobody listens to this on Christmas Day. <laughs> I, I personally hope that nobody has to work, and I know there were yeah. going to be people working. The story goes. Uh, um, uh, shout out to Troy Clark. My first year of doing the podcast. I was doing one a week and I was going to take the week of Christmas off. Yeah. I was just like, I'm going to take it off. Yeah. And Troy Clark reached out, sent me a text and said, could you release something? Uh, I've got to work the entire week and I, I would appreciate it if I had something to listen to. And I went, oh, yeah, sure. I, yeah. yeah, I can do something. So I can't remember who I interviewed back then. I, I guess a guy could go back and look it up. Um, but I, I released it and ever since then, I've never forgotten it. Yep. I've been like, People are going to have to work on Christmas Day, yep. and I wish they didn't, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, the reality of our world that, uh, you know, we have people working nonstop yeah. at all times, and, you know, if they want to tune into something, we might as well toss it out and let them take it up at their own uh, time frame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially now, as the, yeah, the economy continues to stall, I think you'll see more and more people working on Christmas. Yeah, politicians won't be working on Christmas, but <laughs> but the people they govern certainly will be. Oh yes, no, I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way back here. Let's see if I can. There's one. All right, let's let's see if I can find it. 2019, May, 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 July. Man, that's a long time ago. December 25th was Lance Ward of the Florida ah. Panthers, local Lloyd boy. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's mm-hmm. that's what came out almost yep. five years ago now. It's quite the journey. Quite the journey. I have to but I have to apologize before we start because I, my, I haven't got a haircut yet, and I need one desperately bad. And my, my barber and Lloyd, I booked a time with him, and I show up, and I say, I'm here for my haircut. And he goes, well, you're not booked for another three weeks. And it was my fault. I booked the wrong date. And so if I'm looking shaggy today, 
I told my mom, I said, don't worry, I will, I'll apologize on the podcast just to, <laughs> just to make. You got great flow. You think so? You got great flow. Well, thank you. you put I, a hockey I, helmet on and, you, and you'd know. be great. Or you know? a hat. It's true. But of course, a hat's not as professional. And you want to look professional for interviews like this. Oh, oh yes. Oh, you got to look professional. have to look professional. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Coming into a studio. Well, it's funny. I, I didn't get my hair cut for the premiere. And I'm like, yeah. I probably should get my hair cut. And then I'm like, it's a virtual interview yeah. shot. It's going to be totally <laughs> fine. But it's funny. I was, you know, I, uh, even the hairdresser here in town. Uh, you need a haircut to get spruced up for the premiere? I'm like, I probably should. And then we couldn't do it because, you know, so I'm looking in my own way. I'm looking a little shaggy. It's great. great. Yeah, I didn't trim the beard hair either. I like I just, the beard. I've wanted to grow a beard forever. I just, I can't. Not nowhere near as thick as yours. It's a tragedy. So alas, I, I, at best I do a couple of days of scruff and then it gets trimmed again. Yeah. That interview with the premiere, that was good. We liked that. Mom and I talked a lot about that. Yeah. We thought you asked excellent questions. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm always in my own head. Yeah. I always am like, <sighs> yeah. Did I ask and did I ask tough enough questions? Yeah. You know, because it's it's an interesting conundrum. Yep. You go right at her. Yep. And go out swinging. You may never get her ever again. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. Somebody can tell me this. I know she's gone on Ryan Jesperson. Mm-hmm. I know she does six thirty. Chad. Mm-hmm. Does she do any other podcast in Alberta? Um, Roy Green show. Roy Green. That's, that's right. That's uh, uh, that's about the extent of what I know. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah, we were impressed. It's there isn't a better time to focus on the actions of the federal government right now. The actions of the government are horrible. Yeah, they've given us a lot of coal for Christmas. No, they haven't given us coal. They've no, taken, they've taken all, all the coal taken away. All the coal away. Yeah, they've taken all the coal away. Giving us a rainbow flag that, in our stocking. Yep. Yeah, you know? and then nothing else. That and here's you know, a freezing basement. Yeah, here's a freezing basement. Ah, uh, we were talking about federal government, and yeah. we were talking about Daniel Smith and, yeah. and the interview and everything else, and and podcasters that uh, have had her on before, you know, yeah. or, or ha- having her on currently. I'm very fortunate in in uh, that I guess I've conducted myself in the right possible way yeah. to allow that to come back on. Yeah, and I guess what I was saying uh, was my thought was is like I'm I'm really hard on myself after those interviews because sure. like you know a good chunk of the world is going to watch it. Yep. Uh, and I, I just mean people that are engaged in, in politics, right? Because yep. there's nobody higher in Canada right now besides maybe Pierre. Yep. Obviously, he's yep. going to be most likely the next prime minister. And right behind him is probably Danielle Smith. Yep. Yeah, with regards to conservative popularity. And yes. actually just political popularity in general, or at least, you know, um, breaking news and so on, certainly. Yeah, yeah, they're they they crowd the top absolutely. So it's a it's a weird predicament to have. Like, yeah, like go on. Yeah, I'm going to talk about these four things, and yeah. then to try and hold them, you know, because she's still a politician. Yeah, and politicians, oh wait, they're they're employed by us. Yeah, so one has to remember that. Yeah, but do it in a way that you know. That's right. Yep, it's respectful and and effect while also being effective. There's a good verse in Corinthians even about that, where um, Paul talks about, it's in 1 Corinthians 4, f- no, yeah, first, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians 4, 3 to 4, Paul goes, I don't care what you or anyone else says about me or thinks about me or how my actions, in a sense, play out in your life. All I care about is pleasing Christ, that's it. Then he can judge me, and that's, he says, that's the end of it. I don't even judge myself, he goes. And so even with you having Smith on, it's the same thing, right, where you can go, you serve Christ, you serve the Lord, that's first, and then his sovereignty will play out. So if she or another politician, after being interviewed by you, doesn't like your questions because they were too 
uh, tough, so be it. You've done your job. Yeah, and the Lord will play that out then as he, desire, as he desires, and it'll work for your benefit. As a believer in Christ, that's what Paul says in Romans 8, 26 to 28. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. So the wonderful thing about being a Christian is that there's really no need to ever ask yourself, what are, what's going to happen if I, you know, if I don't please this person? That isn't the, that isn't the, that isn't the mandate of a Christian. Now, that can be difficult when, for example, it's a, it's a source of income or, you know, you need it to survive and so on and so on. But the scriptures are still clear. Serve Christ first, all others will, or all, all, um, you know, guarantees in life will follow. Yeah. It's, um, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of the conversation I just had with Preston Manning about, uh, 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 about you know, it's probably time we figure out what our politicians stand for. Yes. You know, and, uh, and, and that's asking them not to do the political game of where they give you no answer. Yep. Right. Like, yep. and I, once again, I don't know if I do that well at all. Right. Uh, I think I'm getting better you're, is what I would say. Uh, you're good at it. And, um. The thing with with politicians is, you know, whether they're they're, they're just we're we're employing them. Yeah. So it's about high time we we you know we've yeah. been in this debacle, and I mean, <laughs> we're looking into 2024 here. Yep. And I was saying to you uh, before we started that I'm I'm going to put on a conference. It's it's yep. tentatively. I hate to give out too many details mm-hmm. until it's solidified. Yep. It will be in Lloydminster. It's looking like it's going to be the weekend of April 19th and 20th. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a conference style. So, you know, bringing together people to come in and talk. Because I look at um, some of the issues we face, whether it's 2024 or just into the future, I go, some of it is is navigational, right? Like we can navigate around some of them. Some of them we're going to have to hit. Like we're we're going into a storm and it's like, brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. And um, I was saying to you, there's there's four four key topics that I want to bring speakers in on. And that's um, energy. Mm Mm-hmm. Food and health, mm-hmm. security, mm-hmm. and then I don't know, is it money? Is it wealth? Is right. it, but regardless, there's, there's, we got to talk about some things. Yeah. And um, with politicians, they're the ones that are steering the political yeah. ship into said storm and go, oh, there's no problems. Yeah. No, I mean, like, we're, we're that dog in the meme where the house is on fire. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> nothing wrong fine. here. <laughs> yeah, nothing this here. is fine. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Oh, you listen to what almost any politician is saying right now, right? We always take Trudeau as an example, because he's so generous with his examples. So Trudeau works, Guillebeau works, Krista Freeland works. All of them work for good examples of telling us that things are so much better than what they actually are. Like we've heard so much lately about all of these housing, uh, this housing accelerator fund and these new houses that the liberals are building to save us from the housing crisis. It's nonsense. It's a nonsensical strategy. It's not going to work. And the housing market is so much worse even than what the liberals are talking about they make it seem like they're saviors right they say we're going to do this that and the other thing building all of these houses to make sure that the housing crisis is annihilated when in reality it's only going to get worse every day so typical of politicians you know uh the book club got together this morning and and we were watching um uh Chris Martinson and Brett Weinstein mm-hmm. and uh, anyways, it's it's this they're they're doing they're having a fictional debate, and two of them are playing the side of like the WEF and and sure. the other two are sure. playing and anyways the quote they had this morning 
I hate to use my phone. I'm oh. like, I, 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 I hate it. But regardless, I, I wanted to find it. It says, when people show you who they are, believe them. And uh, I think we need to get to the bottom of a lot of things real fast. Yeah. We should probably should have done it 10 years ago, right? Yeah. But, but here, so be it. Yeah. And so you, you look at whether it's politicians, whether it's, you know, whoever you want. Transparency yeah. at this point. Got to figure out what they stand for. You sure do. Because we're, you know, we're bad. You know, I think... And I'm, I, 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 it's Christmas. I'm yep. trying to be lighthearted here. Yep. Um, but I, I mean, realistically, when I look into 2024, I go, yep. I don't see, uh, I just don't see like millions of dollars falling from the sky and yep. we're all wealthy beyond belief. Yep. And, but there are things you can do in life. Yep. So you have the greatest 2024 ever. Sure. And I go, we just need to um, realize there's certain people that don't want that for you. That's right. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be an adventure. And of course, the Christian, again, is secure. He knows his future. That's what's so wonderful about being a Christian is his future is secure. But 2024 and beyond is going to be a rodeo. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, what's the scripture? You talked about discovering what our politicians really believe. Christ's scripture is clear. By their fruit, you will know them. And their fruit, our politicians' fruit right now is rotten. And so it stands to reason that their hearts and their desires are rotten too. They're contemptible. They're evil. They're totally insane. Yeah, they're mad. Like I, you know, <laughs> like like you actually can't be like you look at the evil that are that particularly our federal leaders are engaged in. We cannot be harsh enough on them. I'd really believe that. Like John the Baptist, you know, he goes to Herod. Here's John the Baptist, right? Jesus says the greatest prophet of all time. He says because. He's the, he's the harbinger for the son of man. But at any rate, here's John the Baptist. He goes to Herod, who's been very wicked, right? He's committed egregious acts of adultery. And John the Baptist points at him and says, you are wicked. And then, of course, displeases Herod's wife. And so John's killed because of it. But at any rate, um, it's a demonstration of just how um, serious and truthful we have to be with political leaders. You know what's so curious in that story is that actually it almost impresses Herod. It does when John says that. John's, it or not, it's not John. Herod, when John goes to him and says, you've been evil, you've done what's wrong, you've violated the law, Herod's almost amused. He sits there and goes, huh, curious. His, his family isn't amused, but Herod is, which I think is such a, so curious. Because I think even, even, even wicked men respect a man who, will respect a man who tells the truth. Or at least we'll offer them some nod. Yeah. How many people do you think, we, we, we cannot know this, uh. but for Herod, yeah. for Justin Trudeau, yeah. for, um, you know, on and on the list yeah. of all these people way up at the top, mm. how many people they got around them? They'll tell them what nobody else will tell them for fear of, I don't know, probably back then, death. Oh, um, and for yeah. now, certainly... You could be out of the career that you worked so hard to get yeah. to, everything. Yep. They're surrounded by yes people. By yes people. So when you say Herod goes, oh, that's curious. Curious, yeah. Well, that might be one of the first people that's ever told him a lick of truth yes. in years. That's correct. The whole that, That's the whole scripture. Look at Pharaoh back in Exodus. He's surrounded by magicians, by quote unquote wise men, right? Those who tell him that Pharaoh is divine. You are divine, O oh great Pharaoh. Nebuchadnezzar, same thing. The story of Daniel is is rife with that, right? You have all of these 
sages, these mystics, these wise men, these counselors who offer advice to Nebuchadnezzar, King Darius, Cyrus the Great, and so on and so on. And they all say yes. They say whatever you want, King, except for Daniel. Daniel's different. Right? Daniel, you know, they're one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Belteshazzar. He is Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. Yeah, he's Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. And he's, he's also an evil king. He's a bad king. So one day he's hosting a party. It's a great banquet, lavish banquet, thousand people there, you know, and they're drinking, and they're drunk, right? They're engaging in lasciviousness. They're doing all of these evil things. And as they're doing so, this hand appears and begins to write on the wall. It writes, Tekel, Mini, these are Hebrew words, and the last word, it's like Farsin is the last word. And so, of course, Belteshazzar doesn't know what it means. Everyone's stalled in fear because this floating hand, this huge hand is writing these words on this banquet wall. So Belteshazzar says, what am I going to do? What does this mean? And he brings in the sages. Sages don't know. Brings in the mystics. The mystics don't know. Nobody knows what these writings mean, why the hand appeared. And so then Belteshazzar's mom says, there's a man named Daniel. He served your grandfather. He served Nebuchadnezzar. And he can interpret this. And so, of course, Daniel isn't at the party because he's a righteous man who doesn't engage in sin. They call for him. They find him. He's an old man by this time. He walks into the banquet, interprets the messages, and in essence says, Belteshazzar, your kingdom is coming to a close tonight. You're going to die tonight. And so Belteshazzar does. It comes to pass. Medo-Persians invade. And they conquer Babylon. And, and Belteshazzar is killed. And then Daniel is instituted as a high official in the new empire, the Medo-Persian empire. But at any rate, what we mean to say is all those years Belteshazzar and those kings were just surrounded by yes-men who really didn't know anything except how to except how to play a political game. And as a result, it led to their downfall. Yeah, so, so you look at who Trudeau and so on would surround himself with, it would be the same. It would be the same. Yeah, fools. Solomon's son. When Solomon is building the temple, he has to tax people. He maybe doesn't have to, but he does. And he taxed them heavy. Like people are really hurting by the time that Solomon dies because they've been taxed so harsh. So then Solomon's son comes to power. And Solomon's son goes, how should I demonstrate for the people that I'm now king? And here's how powerful I am. The old advisors say, listen, son, <laughs> literally, your father taxed people heavy. Pull back a bit. Don't tax them so much. You know, make their lives a little bit easier. It's difficult enough as it is right now. Don't make it harder for them. That's how you institute yourself as a king that they'll love. But then Solomon's son also brings in young advisors, new advisors. And they say, no, you should tax them heavier. You should say, you know, my father, my father was actually light with you. I'm going to make you work. I'm going to make you, right, you know, um, pay for all of this and that and the other thing. That's what you should do, says the young advisors. And Solomon's son takes the advice of the young advisors. He doesn't take wise counsel. So it leads to Israel's right destruction. So I think the same would be with Trudeau. Yeah, surround yourself well, you, with fools. You, yeah, you just you just look at all the things we continue to do mm -hmm. in society, mm -hmm. and you go madness. Where, where where is the wise counsel? Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. It's madness. It's like it's madness. It's not just wrong. It's completely insane. It's completely inverted. Everything's inverted. Good is bad. Justice is what's called unjust. 
Righteousness is put for evil, evil for righteousness. This is Isaiah 520. It happened back then too. Woe to those who put good for evil, evil for good. Light for dark, dark for light. Bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. It's the same story. Nothing changes. It's the same story. Being a Christmas day, Christmas uh, in the air. Yes. What uh, what uh, what pops to mind um, from your brain on on a day like Christmas? I mean, <laughs> I can yes, guess, of, but <laughs> it's true. What pops to mind is, of course, the story of Christ, the the miraculous birth in Bethlehem, and I've I'm. I think it's more popular this year than it has been in recent years. I'm noticing, really? yeah, I'm noticing a shift where people seem to be returning first to the spirit of Christmas. There's more, I find, even compared to last year, there seems to be a stronger Christmas spirit in the air. And I did notice more Christmas lights. This I did, year. absolutely. We drove around town the other day with my aunt, my mom's aunt, actually, um, just to look at Christmas lights. And yeah, we were. Rather astonished with how many lights were set up. I put up a tree this year in my in my room for, for my videos and so on. So that's excellent. But now escorting that is a hunger to understand why we celebrate Christmas, especially as bureaucrats attack it, like the Canadian Humans, Human Rights Commission, and the meaning of Christmas. And if a man searches long enough, he will return or come back to the foundation of Christmas, which is Christ, which is the story of the virgin birth in Bethlehem, so that... Christ might be the sacrifice for man's sin, for all mankind, and so save us. That's the story. That's the story. That's the meaning of Christmas. Here you have, here you have God, who literally holds up the universe, coming to earth, now no longer able to hold up his head, because he's a human child. It's God made man. It's the most titanic story in history, or among the most titanic of stories in history. And what's so curious about it is that here's Messiah, Here's the savior of mankind come to this little house of bread as has been prophesied and he's everything humanity does not expect Messiah to be. So when society uh, thinks about Messiah, thinks about its savior, what does it think of? An Adonis, beautiful, a Superman, right? He's got brilliant oratory. He's got the wisdom of Solomon, greater than Solomon. He has the intellect that eclipses Einstein and Newton you know, Euler. He has the statesmanship of Churchill. Or he's a greater statesman than Churchill. Brilliant figure, charismatic, handsome, perfect in every way according to our standard of perfect. That's who we envision Messiah to be. But then here comes this, this uh, poor family, Joseph and Mary, literally coming from nothing, goes to Bethlehem for the census, right? That's been, that's been ordered by Augustus. And can't find a place to stay, right? They can't find a, a, a room because everything's booked up and they're impoverished. And so they find this manger, which would have looked like a tomb. Curious, isn't it? And, and there, mankind's actual Messiah is born. It's the exact opposite of what we think Messiah should be. He comes in poverty. He comes as a weak, humble baby, right? He comes as uh, uh, the son of, even though, of course, he's it's a virgin birth, but he he's born to a family of carpenters or a carpenter and poverty. He's not wealthy. He's not beautiful by our standard of beauty. He's not this Adonis, right? Isaiah says he actually has a face that you'd kind of force yourself to look away from. He doesn't show up and then declare his conquer with millions of men behind him in an army, right? He's a babe in a manger. And after he's born, right, the family has to run from Herod. 
because Herod's trying to kill all of the babies because he's heard that Messiah has been born. So it's the complete opposite of everything we expect in a Messiah. Is that a bad thing? No. Right? Think about it. Suppose that you are a sinful world, which we are. All of us are fallen. All of us are sinful, according to Paul and the story of Adam and Eve. Why should our vision of who Messiah should be, of who God should be, why should that be correct? Right? If it's a sinful world and we're all corrupted fundamentally at our core, which we are, then why should our vision of who a savior should be, be right? Why would it be right? Shouldn't be right. Right? If your vision is corrupted, then your idea about a savior is corrupted too. Because your desire is not to do right righteousness. We don't want this perfect savior. We want one who can, in our sinful state, oblige our sin. So it wouldn't, it's not concerning that Messiah is completely different or completely opposite of what we think he should be. Rather, it's encouraging that he is because it means that he's not what our sinful expectations are. That makes sense. It's like, suppose you had a colony of brown ants and they were being tormented by this massive anteater, right? It's unthinkable that those brown ants should expect a red ant to be their savior. As a matter of fact, they'd probably kill him because they think he's an invader when he came to the colony. Even though that red ant might be or is the savior of the colony, they won't, ex- they won't expect him or accept him because he's so radically different than what they believe he should be. The same is true with Christ. He's so radically different in his coming at Christmas versus what we expect that mankind didn't accept him. They rejected him. They all rejected him. And so he was put on the cross. Curious. Yeah. Yeah. He's a com- you know, if we made our own Christ, he'd be antichrist, right? If mankind was given the power to create its own Christ, its own Messiah, it would be anti-Messiah, antichrist. Yeah, Christ is everything we don't expect him to be, at least in his first birth. So that's the first thing I think about with Christmas. The second thing is the second Christmas. That's what I actually am gravitating towards lately because there is another Christmas coming, right? Christ is coming back. But this time he's not coming as a babe in a manger. He's not coming as this humble, impoverished, poor child who can't lift up his head. Right? He's coming as this mighty conqueror. You read Revelation 1, 13 to 16. I haven't got there yet. You'll get there. And it's description, that description of Christ, Revelation 1, 13 to 16, is my favorite description in the entire Bible because it's so vivid and cutting and powerful. John is looking and he sees this man. He sees the Son of God. He sees Christ. And he's like, he's wearing this white robe, golden sash around his chest, hair is white like wool, as white as snow, eyes are like blazing fire, his feet are like bronze, he's got a sword coming out of his mouth, he's holding a scepter in his hand, and he's coming to dominate and conquer. It's a second Christmas. It's not the same as the first. It's much different. In the first instance, Christ had to run from Herod. In the second instance, Herod will be running from Christ. And Christ escapes Herod in the first instance. Herod will not escape Christ in the second. It's very exciting as a Christian. Yeah. So those are the two things that have been that have captured my attention this Christmas. Is how radically different Christ is and what we expect him to be. And the second Christmas that's coming. I find it, um, you know, as... <clears throat> Normally I'm the guy sitting here going, I see more trending towards X. Right. I uh, I find it interesting you find more people trending towards 
Yes. The Christmas story. Or at least searching. Yes, at least searching. Yep. Yep. I think it's taken a much larger precedent now than it has in years past. Because everything else from man, all of his rules, all of his attempts to save himself are proving false again and again and again and again. You can do this. You can do that. You can tell the truth all the time. You can be nice to your family. You can get a lot of presents. You can go visit seniors in the old folks' home. All of those things are excellent. But the longer it goes on, the more man realizes it doesn't save him. It's not working. So he needs something else. So he keeps searching. And eventually, if he searches long enough and earnestly enough, he'll arrive at Christ. And that, in Christmas, of course, is so explicit. That story. You wonder... Um, hmm. That's, that's an interesting thought, I yeah. guess, is just where, where I'm sitting here. It's an interesting thought. You know, I... It's only a year ago that I probably wouldn't have talked about the Christmas story, you know. Like. Yeah. Yeah. No, t- oh, t- absolutely. It's, yeah, a I lot laugh, can change. I, I laugh at myself <laughs> all the time, yeah. you know. it's 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 been an interesting, uh, the podcast is just an interesting journey in sure. general, you know. Sure. And uh, you've become, you know, uh, there's a handful of you now that have become where you come on, well, repeat, repeat, repeat offenders is probably not the right way to put it, but <clears throat> repeat guests. Because I enjoy the conversation yeah, so much. Yeah, so do I. And, and I mean, you're sitting here in Lloyd, which you know I, I feel like I'm regurgitating the same uh, the same thing I, I said last time. But it's when it's sitting here, you yeah. know, it, it's almost like an embarrassment of riches mm. to have you. To, yeah, I'll be in next week. Yeah, oh, perfect. It's great. This is, you know, like I wonder how Rogan feels having everybody yeah. in Austin now. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, hey, you want to come in next yeah. week? Like I'm sure it's. You know, and in a very small sense, I feel very honored and lucky that oh. I have the ability to just like, all right, in you come. So do I. It's a blessing to come in here. It's, it's always a highlight of the month, honestly. It's so much fun. Yeah, chatting with you. It really is. Because the questions are so much, they're so interesting. And the conversation's so interesting. It's not superficial. It's not superficial or fake. Yeah. You can sense so quickly whether or not someone's desire or investigation is earnest and whether or not their intentions say for the with the mainstream media are malevolent or not you can tell if they're trying to catch you in a trap or if they're actually curious about what you're talking about and learning more and so obviously with you it's the latter which makes the conversation so exciting and fun and christmas is a great such a yeah it's such a prevalent topic like i say i hope nobody like What'll happen is people will listen to this at some point, sure. right? Yep. I just hope on Christmas Day I open up a... I don't even know if I'll open it up, but, right. you know, I just hope it's close to zero. Yep. You know, normally I'm like, I'm the complete opposite. Where yeah. you know, how many people tune in today? Yeah. Uh, I hope it's... I hope everybody this year is really spending some time with family and friends and yep. and enjoying it. You know, like we got... Like the weather is wild right now yeah. here, you know? I mean, Beautiful. it's... like it's, <laughs> Enjoy that for what it's worth, <laughs> yeah. you know? Absolutely. And I am. I, we walked together to the to get water here and I got a sweater. It's perfect. Fantastic. Yeah. So th- it's it's a wonderful time. Yeah. Those two stories have caught my attention. The third maybe being the discussion around Mary. I've heard some of that stuff too lately, right? How, how um, well, of course, particularly with Catholics and so on, how they, how they pray to Mary because Mary is so central. No, <laughs> here's what's so curious. You read the Christmas story when the angel comes to Mary and gives her this command, not the command, but this, here's what's going to happen, Mary. You are going to bear a child. You're a virgin, but you're going to bear a child. He will be the son of God and so on. And the first thing does, or the first thing Mary does is decrease 
or work her hardest to decrease her level of um, importance, right? You read Mary's prayer. The whole prayer is, in essence, I'm nothing, right? All I care about is that Almighty God might be glorified and that his name might be made great and that I might be not remembered. I might be this this humble servant of the Almighty, and that's it. Now, of course, the, it's it's been completely reversed today, right, where Mary is venerated and she's exalted among everyone else. People pray to her, right, as a way to get to the, to, as a way to pray to Christ. They pray to Mary to intercede on their behalf for Christ, even though the whole purpose of the Christmas story and the life of Jesus is to ensure that doesn't happen. Right? Paul's clear when he writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, Christ. That's it. That's all. So that's been, that's been interesting too, right? The, the stories of the scripture, not the stories, the story of scripture is Christ is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit speaks for us on our behalf. That's what Paul says again in Romans 8, right? 26 to 28, 1 Timothy 2.5 and so on. Christ is our intercessor. No one else. That's that. I have I'm I'm so awkward in this conversation because I'm like it's not that I this sounds really terrible you know like I'm just like I see the the Christian world how they go at each other and I'm like I don't understand yeah I know I'm I was uh, I gotta think about this like it's it's funny. I've yeah. been you know everybody knows I've been reading the Bible, right? Yes. Been reading the Bible, and I and I think it was. Forgive me. I believe it was you who said you know if you get if you get bogged down, that's yep. a good thing. That's right. It is. So I've been stuck in John. Great. So you know I don't know if I've told this story, but you know in, in the Gospels, John was my favorite. I was like, same. how are you going to tell this? Like my thought was, I'm going to read the same story four times. <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah, yep. okay, yep, okay. And I got to John, and I was like, oh man, yeah, this guy can write. He can write. The first and, five verses of John and gold. Not realizing it, I. I maybe I've been told it in passing. Like mm-hmm. now that you say John wrote Revelation, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh okay. Yeah. I actually remember that, but for some reason it didn't like lodge in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going along the Bible, you know. And I've, I've said this lots. Sometimes I'm just like, <sighs> and then I hit James, and I was like, yeah. man, right. that one lit me. Like that sure. was that was fun. Sure, short, quick, yeah, but just so well written. Yeah, so just beautiful. Yeah. And then, you know, you're kind of going on, and all of a sudden, John comes back. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I didn't clue in when I saw John. I just you sure. assume different John. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, which makes zero, maybe makes sense. I don't know. It's some days I'm like, I'm on it, and some other days I'm like, completely. <laughs> and I start I reading it, and it's almost like I have the same thought. I'm yeah. like, oh, this guy can write. Yeah. And then I flip to the front, because it kind of gives you a breakdown of who it is, you know? <laughs> sure. And I'm like, yeah. it's John again. No it's, wonder I like this guy, <laughs> right? I've been stuck there again, you yeah. know? And it's funny, like, uh, when I read the Bible... I just, now, there's going to be a ton of Christians that are like, well, you got to get here first mm-hmm. and you got to go look at this script. And, and it's mm-hmm. like, it, sure. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen where he says I get to go do a whole bunch of things. Like, I, I, I just, I have, and so I have a hard time interjecting my thoughts mm-hmm. into this part of it because mm-hmm. I'm like, I actually don't know. Right. Like, I, I'm not Catholic. Right. White's Catholic. Right. Right, didn't yeah. grow up Catholic. Grew up going to Catholic church once sure. in a while with friends. Yep, you know. But I also went over here and I went over there, and I just keep seeing, you know, like um, basically have your relationship with God. Find it through the Word. Go back to the Word. That's um, the, that's 
it's everything relates back to the word. Every time you think you got uh, you got to figure it out, chances are you got the you know uh, you got something in your eye. Stop worrying about the the log in somebody else's or the speck in somebody else's. Mm-hmm. The log in your eye, I think, is the is the scripture. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just like okay. And I'm waiting for it to say, point out in the New Testament mm-hmm. specifically where Jesus goes, oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. this, 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 but I haven't found it. I don't, I don't know. So I'm like, if I haven't found it, it feels like it's the world doing what it does and really, and so I, I, I come back, I'm awkward in this part of it because oh. I'm like, I don't know. I, right. I read the Bible. I don't try and, you know, at times I, I, I get told I'm a little preachy, which is fine. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, I think it's great. Uh, well, I, 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 you know, it's 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 whatever. I, I'm not I'm not upset about it. Right. I, I'm, it doesn't even bother me. Yeah. It's just like, well, it's kind of yeah. like I'm holding on to this idea, and it's yep. just kind of seeping out. Yeah. And that's all I do. Yep. And I haven't found anywhere in there where it's like, but you need to do this. I do like the mm. where two or more gather. Mm-hmm. I will be there. Mm-hmm. Shall be there. Mm-hmm. One of the two. And I'm like, hmm, I like that. Yeah. Like that's a. That's a that's a line. Yeah, yeah. So it come is. back to the Mother Mary yes. thing, you know, and 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 praying to her and everything else. I've heard all these different arguments yep. from people all across the spectrum right. on why you do it, why you don't. Right. I'm like, I don't know. Right. Test test this. Just test against scripture. That's what I'd say. Test test test. That is the truth. That is the truth. I know I got some Catholics listening right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. They're just squirming, and they I'm going to be getting yeah. blown. Listen, I if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, put your phone down. I don't <laughs> want to be texted on Christmas Day. I'm not going to check it. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm probably going to put it away for a while. Yeah. Um, but if you want to text later on, that's totally yeah. cool. And if you want somebody from the Catholic side to come on, totally cool. Yeah. I'm sure Tanner would love nothing more than to have a Catholic yeah. in here to sit and, yeah. and, and go back and forth. Maybe yes. that's what we should do in the New Year. Be fun. Sure. But yeah, test test the scripture. Like that or test against the scripture. That's the truth. Right? You might have so we go to church, a pastor says something. Curious. <laughs> what a strange thing to say. We look at the scripture and he's what he said was contrary to scripture. He's wrong. Scripture's not wrong. He's wrong. And he might say, I have the backing of how many church leaders. I have the backing of how many intellectuals, thinkers. Doesn't matter. He's wrong. We just had t- 100,000 people go to COP28 yep. that's signaling for the, the slow removal of, of fossil fuels. Yeah. Which hey. po- and the Pope was supposed to be there. Right. He couldn't be. He was sick. Like, even that. Okay, so... so um, there's a huge uproar right now in the Catholic world because because the Catholic Church has just affirmed or has allowed the blessing for homosexual marriage. Now, that doesn't exist, right? Marriage, by definition, is a union between a man and a woman. So the term homosexual marriage is it's logically incomprehensible. doesn't make sense. Like, by definition, it's not a marriage. At any rate, that, of course, is so anti-scriptural that we there's a, I've watched on YouTube a lot of bishops, right? A lot of a lot of Catholic commentators rushing to actually condemn this action because it's so anti-scripture. It's so contrary to what scripture teaches. So there's just so much more influence uh, in the Catholic Church with regards to the hierarchy of church, of the church, of Pope, Vatican, and so on that isn't present in this in my evangelical Christianity. Of course, the, my the even in my in not, in my in yeah. my relationship with the Bible. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I'm so where I'm at with yeah. reading the Bible. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I've ever thought uh, said this aloud, but I'm like the world is so yes bureaucratized, so bureaucratic. I'm like 
I'm the extreme when it comes to my faith. Yep. I'm like, no, nobody's no. It's the yeah. I'm, I test every. You know when it's like. So we had Barry Wanshaw here, okay. right? Yeah, comes on yep. talking about prophecy. Yep. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Mm. I get asked all the time, what do I think about it? Yeah, like I like having Tanner on. Uh. I like talking to Joshua Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Leighton Gray. Yeah, uh, there, there's more, and I'm. I, I feel sorry. Like I'm sorry if I'm. I'm forgetting people. Like uh, Seth Bloom's another guy yeah. that I uh, bouncing. And you want to know why? Because every time they tell me something, yeah. they bounce it right off scripture first. Absolute. Every has, time, yeah, has to be. Like, Must. oh, go go read this. It yeah. isn't. It isn't something else. And so, with the prophecy, is it? Is does the Bible talk about prophecy? Yep. Yes. Yes. Right. Of course. Lots of prophecy in the Old Testament. But I don't know. I'm hesitant on a lot of people entering my life. Yep. That I can't just go. Where is it? Yep. That's exactly right. Where is it? That's exactly right. And so, when it comes to. Uh, um, Vatican and all that mm-hmm. jazz and the higher mm-hmm. it's like it's for the pigeons at this point mm. I do not care right because we'd be laughing or we'd be it doesn't matter if it's if Catholic mm-hmm. or just like uh, evangelical Almost anything yeah a- any of these structures yeah at some point I've been corrupted folks no it's true there's <laughs> so much do corruption the, do the reading for yourself yeah this is this is my thoughts take it or leave it but it's like do the reading for yourself yeah Yes. Start doing that. That's and see, exactly and see right. see what comes of it. And yes. then maybe you can start asking better questions. Yes. I'm not there yet. I, like with all the Catholic stuff and everything else, mm. I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I just, read, I know that I, I can't enter into this huge theological yeah. discussion because yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Read the scripture, test against scripture. So that's the advice for anyone. Read you know what's funny? Uh, I was telling, um, so I'll be a little bit coy here, mm. but I was, I was, I called Tanner I woken up one night and it was like two in the morning and I was just so wide awake. Like, I mean, not like anything weird had happened. I just, you know, I woke up and half yep. the time you're like, oh, it's time to go back to bed. Yep. You kind of curl in and out, you go again. Yep. I woke up and I was just like, I couldn't shake um, Tucker Carlson out yep. of my head. Sure. So I was, you know, I was like, I sat there. I must have sat there in bed, like annoyed mm-hmm. that I was so like I've been dreaming about it. I don't know. I was just so fo- so. I got up. Fine, I got up. Fine, fine, fine. I'm getting up. Getting up. Walk to the couch. And I sit there and um, I'm thinking about this. And I, I'd um, with Tucker specifically. You know, like um, I, mean, I was just kind of in this weird spot of of maybe you get to, maybe you get to host with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. this like weird idea. Mm-hmm. You know placed in my head mm-hmm. and uh and i'd wanted to bring him to lloyd i was right. like i wonder if i could bring him to lloyd yep. right how yep. much money would you need to do that and, and you know i'm starting to figure it out anyways it, here i am at two in the morning yeah and i'm figuring this out and finally i just pull up my phone and i'm doing the math like yeah. i am wide awake folks yeah. and before i do the math i go i pray and i just go you know yeah. if this is you mm-hmm. make it undeniable mm-hmm. if it's not that's totally cool i'm going back to bed and you know <laughs> The number that came up when I was trying to figure out how much tickets would cost, how many people you'd have yeah. to have at a certain ticket price, yeah. was six 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 dot six 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 repeating, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, that's I'm like, <laughs> well, that's pretty um okay. I, I hung, I, I turned the phone off, yeah. and I just went. And then yeah. the question I'd had to you at that time yeah. was like, do you think God will speak through? Mechanical devices and numbers, right? Because right? like one of the things about Ottawa when I was there. When I was having my lowest point, mm-hmm. I remember seeing six 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 everywhere. Ah, yes. It was it was okay. it was intense. Yep. It's um 
it's a strange feeling to talk about it because yeah. it, I did not enjoy that day. No, at sure. all. Yep. And so when when it comes back six 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 yeah, repeating, I'm like, uh, mm. okay, you know. And it's yeah. funny, it kept trying to present itself in different ways over right. the next. Li- and eventually, I just kept praying about it. Yeah. And uh, Josh Allen's like, are you at peace? And I'm like, right. ah, I feel like I'm actually like a ridiculous peace. Yeah. So like, well, to me, that that says a lot. Yeah. I'm like. Thank you. Yeah. But I go back to the original question about yep. the number and on a phone and, you know, like people will look into, you know, I, I saw, I, it used to be me and I saw a feather on the ground. That mm. means this. And then you go yes. over there and this, and, and all of a sudden everything, you know, like. Yep. It, everything we, turns into a conspiracy. There's, okay. So, so Alan's comment yeah, about peace is excellent, right? Christ is like, my peace I leave, uh, this adds in John, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Right? He says, I give you peace, so follow your peace. That's true. And then the Hebrew says that God has spoken to us through his son. So with regards to a lot of these quote-unquote prophets, right? The test for a prophet is, do his prophecies or her prophecies, if she's a prophetess, come true? And it's not a 97-year-old woman is going to die in the next few years. That's not a prophecy, Right, a prophecy is Isaiah 53, which talks in detail about the suffering servant of mankind, who Christ is, right? He'll be literally pierced in his side. That's how that's how detailed just that chapter of prophecy is. And of course, there are countless prophecies in the scripture. And then the scripture itself says, God spoken to us then by his son. Everything he said is in this word. If, again, someone utters something that's contrary to it, it's wrong. Now, your comments on, for example, a feather or seeing 666 everywhere. One of my favorite chapters in any book is called The Maniac. I'm not saying you're a maniac, but it's called The Maniac. And it's the second chapter of Orthodoxy, Chesterton's Orthodoxy. He wrote this while he was an Anglican. Uh, He's about 30 some years old, I think, when he wrote it back in the early 1900s. And he talks about how it's so easy for men to see meaning in absolutely everything And he says, those sorts of men are super rational. They're not irrational. They're super rational. But it's very dangerous because, like I mentioned, all of a sudden you start seeing a conspiracy in everything. That feather fell there. My hat wasn't put on straight. Someone winked at me. I could swear they did it. I'm seeing numbers in the wall. I see that there are six bricks, you know, on the wall behind me. And there are three layers of bricks. So six, 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 right? It's easy for us to start seeing pictures in absolutely everything. And so we miss the actual picture that's in front of us, if that makes sense. We can be so zoomed in on something in particular that we fail to see everything else, right? If you go to a mountain and stand as close as I am to the mic, I can say, this mountain is small. It's gray, but there's not much to it. That isn't true, of course. It's just that I'm focused so closely on one particular section of mountain that I can't see the entire thing. If only I could step back and look at the entire, you know, solid um, supreme structure, this massive rock, would I realize just how mighty the true picture is. So while it's true, of course, that, I mean, the Lord speaks to us in scripture, man is to follow his peace. The Christian has to also be careful, just as any man has to be careful, of seeing things everywhere that might not exist. So the advice is simple. Pray about it. Yep. Pray about it. Keep praying about it. Search earnestly. And the Lord will reveal the answer. Yeah. That's 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 the advice. I think Alan's advice is great. It's perfect. 
follow my piece. Now, okay, but yeah, you, but even that you test against scripture, of course, right? If your piece says I'm going to go to the the bar and get hammered, that's not that's not a scriptural piece because the scripture condemns it, right? Your piece will never, a true piece will never be in contradiction with scripture. Let me let me ask you it in a different way. When I first met Joshua Allen, mm-hmm. it came by like coincidence. Mm-hmm. There is no coincidence, mm-hmm. right? It's true. So like within, it felt like 24 hours, maybe less. Yeah. He'd heard about me before I called him mm. and I'd heard about him before yep. I called, you know, and you kind of sure. get the idea and this like weird yep. synchronicity almost, yep. if you would. Worked out. And then boom, off you go and run. Sure. Now, Josh Allen would say, Divine. Divine. Yep. God made this happen. So would I. Mm-hmm. So we can we can agree on that, but what, but if it had been, well, I come back to the number thing. Mm. Where do you fall out on that? Um, I'm more I'm more open than some people, like than some Christians are. Some Christians will say, Almighty only speaks in the Scripture. That's it. Don't look for signs anywhere else. You're right. Don't look for things anywhere else. Um, whereas. There are certain times, I think we talked about this in the phone call, where you just know the Lord is telling you something. If that Again, it's the, your spirit's restless. Um, something happens that doesn't give you peace or it does give you peace when you do it. And so you know it's just, it's just you know that the Lord is, I don't quite know how to describe it except by the witness of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, now I'm not, I'm not someone, you know, again, who is yep. a charismatic prophet kind of thing. Not at all. But... It's yeah, fu- it's Almighty fu- works in mysterious ways. For example, here's an example. Here's an example. I have a, a good friend who's an atheist. I met him in school. Nice guy, really nice guy. Smart too. And uh, I met him for supper actually at, uh, there was, it was a large supper, but he was there a couple weeks ago. And we talked about, we talked about objective morality, him and I, all night. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, a few days later, he gives me a call. He says he's had a dream. And he says his dream is about Christ. I won't go into it because it's a long dream. All he knows, I get, you know, the, the crescendo of the dream is he's in the dark. Uh, he's in darkness. And there's Christ. And there's a little child with Christ. And Christ is taking this child by the hand. Christ is glowing. He has a purple sash on, which makes total sense based on the scripture. And he leads this child through the darkness. This is his dream, or at least part of it. And he tells me about it. And I said, what did Christ look like? He says, I don't know. I couldn't see his face, which always seems to happen. But he says, but I know it was Christ. So in that regard, I have this no doubt. This is an atheist. Yes. So I said, I have no doubt that that Almighty was speaking to this friend of mine in that particular way. Absolutely. Even though that wasn't, he opened up the scripture and read, I have no doubt that was the Lord moving or is moving in his heart and speaking to him that way. What a brilliant picture. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Obviously, God knows us all intimately. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. Absolutely. Right? Can't get argue that. Can't. Even 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 if you don't think there's a God. Even if you don't think there's a God. Uh, and depending on where you are in the beliefs and everything, if 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 you believe or you don't, I think we can all agree that if there was a God, there is a God. Wherever you're at, you would say that if that is true, mm-hmm. then they would know you intimately because yes. they are all knowing, all seeing, exactly. omnipresent. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would mean that he would know mm-hmm. that you'd pick up or I would pick up on a number in a phone. 
It does. Instead of testing it by scripture because maybe I'm not there yet. Because let me flesh this thought mm-hmm. out just a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Because what I did was I opened the Bible that, that night sure. and um, nothing even remotely um, memorable like went on. I yep. don't have this experience of like yep. all of a sudden you flipped open the Bible and it's like, yep. do not go right. here, right? Sure. Like, I mean, sure. that, that didn't happen. Yeah. But the phone thing did. Yes. And me and the number 666 yep. have a real personal history. Yep. <laughs> okay? Now, <laughs> yes. for some people, yep. that doesn't bother them. Right. But for me, it really sticks out. When yep. I see it, I'm like, mm. Oh, it's, I mean, it's a significant number in the Bible. Yes, it is. certain. And you go, okay, so if we can agree, yep. he knows each, everybody personally. Yes. And let's say somebody does follow the feathers. Yep. Now, I'm not saying, or whatever, I don't, yep. I don't care. I'm not trying to single out anyone. No, here. yeah. But let's, let's just say that's where they're at. Yep. And he's trying to lead them yep. to the safe pastures. Yes. Would he work through then? Oh. Knowing that the feather is going to lead you to eventually get yes. to where you're like, listen, just turn back to the scripture every yep. single time and I'll show you. Yeah. But you're not there yet. Yep. So we got to, we got to dabble breadcrumbs. Yes. Just, yes. That's a good way of putting it. Just look at the story of huh, almost anyone's conversion. Something opens their eyes to the fact that they're lost, you know, or what would be a good example? Even a father, right? Let's suppose you have a father. I, there's, this isn't, I'm, um, paraphrasing a story that my mom knew from camp where these kids came to camp. This is back in the eighties kind of thing, became Christians. Their parents weren't saved. They go home. The parents sees, the parents see such a monumental change in the attitude of the child that that enough or that alone is enough for them to start searching and start looking almighty knowing that that's exactly what would happen or um you know maybe it's who knows maybe it's the fact that you cut off someone and he didn't get mad at you and on the back of his car was a bumper sticker that says jesus saves you go why didn't he get mad at me jesus saves take a look at that oh there are an infinite number of ways almighty can work to lead a man to the cross that's certain that's true just as there are a number of ways that a shepherd can track and find a lost sheep and bring him back to where he's supposed to be. But the fact remains, it has to be God who does it. It's Almighty who does it. That's the scripture. That's John, John 6. It's it's just funny to me. You know, I'm like, I'm almost laughing at myself right now because like, literally asked for it. Like yeah. say, undeniable was yeah. the word I used. Yes. I remember it. Yeah. Like make it undeniable. Yeah. Like, you know, because I'm, I'm really conflicted here. Sure. Right? Like I know what I want. Yes. But I'm also, you know, in the sense of the spirit, I'm like, I'm really conflicted. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, yeah, and then that comes up on your phone, yeah. and it's and uh, just personal history. That number means I, I understand it's in the Bible and everything, yeah. but if I hadn't, I don't know if I've read it in the Bible yet. Six six six. No, you. It's not till Revelation. There you go. So I That's haven't even right. seen it yet. No, you haven't. That's true. Which means, you know, like it just. And the funny thing was, as soon as I saw it, I went, like I was immediate. Right. I was like, Curious. well, actually, I was, I was like. I saw it, and then I was like, okay, so six, uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, and oh. I look back, and I'm like, oh, okay, hung up the phone, like, put the phone down, and went yep. back to bed. Yeah. Like, I just immediately, yeah, but it's funny, the then the day after, it just yeah. kind of nagged on me, and yeah. nagged on me, and nagged on me, yeah. yet it was so crystal clear when you think about it. When yeah. I say it aloud, I'm like, I don't know how much crystal clear it can get. Yes, that and that is that's a story of scripture, too, where men are praying, give me a sign. Give me a sign, Lord. Now, this is this is for a, this is for g- general salvation, not for something in particular. Sure. But they'll go give me a sign. I need a sign. I need a sign. 
And Jesus and Paul both addressed this, right? With Jesus saying, you guys have so many signs. If you like, you look at the prophets, Jonah is a sign. And yet you still won't believe. He's like, I have given you every sign and it's still not enough, right? The story of Lazarus, the man who goes to, goes to, um, well, Hades. But anyways, he, he dies, this rich man, right? Lazarus, or sorry, yeah, the rich man and Lazarus. This rich man goes to, goes to not hell, but it, it will be hell. And he's suffering, right? And, and uh, he sees Abraham up in heaven or Abraham's bosom. And he says, tell my brothers about this place so they don't come here. And Abraham's like, they have the, they have the, the signs. They know, they already have sufficient evidence. If they won't believe the prophets like Moses and Daniel and Isaiah and Joel, then they're not going to believe anyone. And then finally, Paul says the same thing where he's like, the whole of creation is your sign. No one at the judgment will be able to say, you didn't give me enough evidence. That's not what the scriptures teach. It's you had ample evidence. You had more than enough evidence, even in a snowflake. And it wasn't enough for you to believe. So in the same way, so often it is that we say we pray for a sign. God is generous. He gives a sign. And then we go, was that the sign? You know, that's, <laughs> um, and so Augustine then... Augustine has But it's a, so true. But it's true. Oh, yeah. I literally just played it. I'm just like, I'm a moron. You know? No, but, but it's like... It, yeah, I know what you mean. So then Augustine finally says, you know what? Just love the Lord, search the scriptures, and do as you please. That's his quote. Love the Lord and do as you please. So, you know, I used to I used to have a lot of, yeah, conflicting issues too, where I'd go, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And it drove you mad. So eventually, I was so glad to read that quote from Augustine, where he's like, just love the Lord you know, search the scriptures and then do what you think is right. Do what you believe reflects the scriptures and it'll work out. It'll work out. But it's funny. I wanted the hand of God to like, yeah. be like... Like Gideon. Yep. I need... Because I can't... See, you know, what my problem was is I was just so conflicted. I want to be very clear. I'm not saying Tucker Carlson's the devil. That's right. Not no, no, right. Just my involvement yeah, yeah. of yeah. like how hard I was thinking about it and like maybe I should try. I just... It, it'd be a lot of work. Yep. And money you get the point yeah uh, this has nothing to do with tucker carlson no. it has all to do with where i was at in my mind frame of like well, could i do this could i maybe yeah right and i was thinking about all these different things yeah and i i was conflict that was why yep. i was conflicted yeah and so it's funny when you when you i, I just wanted it's the frank peretti story about yep. the book yeah that was so clear to me it's right. like i walked out of there and i went yep. holy man yeah now trying to get a hold of frank peretti folks you know if anyone knows <laughs> frank peretti i like and it's funny how many people have asked me now yeah you sure. got frank peretti yet I'm like, yeah. no i've not got frank peretti yeah. I'm, I'm working on i'm it. working on yeah it. like some <laughs> some old frank peretti is hiding out somewhere in like yeah. idaho yeah and uh he's he's just like nah this sean newman guy keeps yeah. like badgering all these people <laughs> who is this kid it's just like i just want to say thank you that's yeah. all i want to do like, yeah um but regardless, yep. it's funny. You you pray on things. Yes. You know, literally go. I just I could just use some guy because I can't yep. I can't see. Right. Some days I feel like man sure. I can see I can kind of see where I'm heading. Picture is clear. Other days it is the worst fog you've ever seen, yep. and you just can't see ten feet in front of you. I'm yep. like I don't I don't know how to steer clear out of this. Yeah. And how much of it is me wanting this? Right. And how much of it because when, you know sometimes. That's kind of weird. It's Christmas, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it just feels like I'm being pulled that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joshua talks about um, 
his what does he what does he say being set on fire by God mm. right he talks about just being like being and, and some some days I I don't know what the heck he's talking about yeah and other days I really feel like I'm pulled a certain direction yeah other days I don't feel any pull yep. other days I'm like I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here and usually at that point in time I pray like I'm like okay perfect all right let's 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 pray a little bit yep. and let's see what comes right like I don't absolutely. need an answer now absolutely and that's one of the moments yeah and in those moments then my next question always is yep. How do I know this is you? Yeah, no, like, it's I, true. Like, <laughs> it's true. I actually don't know if that, like, I, you yeah. know, and and you ask for signs, you ask for different things, yeah. and you get one, and yeah. then you walk completely by it. It's the story. Yeah. Who was it? Was it you telling me the story? Who told me the story about the man in the flood on the top of the house waiting for God to come save him? And first, it's you know. Oh sure, the, yeah, I, I didn't tell you it, but yeah, I know the story. The boat comes wherever it is, or yeah, all we of can these, get you out of here. Yeah, we get a helicopter, no, and eventually, waiting for God, yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. Oh yeah, again, that's like scripture, right? God tells Abraham, "You're going to have a son. Here's my sign. Here's all of these signs." Abraham says, "Great," and then he breaks faith, right? And instead he has a child with Hagar. Yeah. Now the son for Abraham comes later, but even still, Gideon's the same. Give me a sign, Lord. I need another sign, Lord. Give me all of these signs. Yeah. It's just, it's where men look for a lot of evidence. Yeah, it's true. And then when the evidence comes, we have a tendency to ask, is that really the evidence? Yeah. Yeah. It's the doubting, doubting mind. Or it's the, yeah, the mind that's just cautious. It's a funny, yeah, it's a very mysterious, very mysterious thing. That's why everything has to be tested against Scripture. Well, the one thing, where in Scripture you can tell me, does it say that, uh, you know, um, darkness will will disguise itself as light oh, yes. or something along that yes, line? Yes, it's in Corinthians. Because uh, I, I, I came across that, and I'm like, that's something, yes. you know, in today's age. Yes, because you were just in Corinthians, weren't you? Yes, was it was. It first or second? It's 11.4. I think it's first, it's either, I think it's 2 Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians 11.4 is what I think it is. And it's Paul saying, don't be deceived. Satan himself is disguised as an angel of light. That's the scripture. So we have a tendency to say, well, a thing is evil, so it has to be scary. Has to make us afraid. It doesn't make us this, afraid. This really bugs me when I can't remember I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you know, people, I know, once again, I'm laughing at myself because I pulled out the Bible because I'm like, it kind of comes with me everywhere It's now. great. Fantastic. I think it's 2 Corinthians. I'm not sure. 2 Second Corinthians, you think? Let's try 2 Corinthians 11, four. 11. I'm not 100% certain on that, but let's, let's see, try folks. It. Here it is. Let's see. We should create a new game called uh, Tanner. <laughs> this one I'm not quite certain on. 11.4. Uh, um, for if one comes from preaches, uh, no. comes and preaches. Nope, not that one. Try. Um, how well does Tanner know the Bible? Hey, how how are we doing? I could put it into Google. Don't it's yeah. Do it in Google. It might be First Corinthians eleven four. I for some reason eleven four is ringing a bell. This is a good game this right is, now. This is a good game. <laughs> what what's the what's the scripture? What like what, oh, what I search? Uh, uh, just search up um, Satan comes as an angel of light. That'll be enough. And then put verse. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. Oh shoot! It was fourteen, not four. four. That ah. was. I tell you what, shoot. that's close. That's close, but it's not right. That's close. Oh, okay. No wonder, for even Satan uh, disguises himself as an angel of light. Yeah. Therefore, if it is not surprising, if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. There it is. There so you go. it's again. Yeah, it's. Um, I go back to Sauron because he's such a good example. How does Sauron disguise himself? He's an elf. He, he's beautiful, right? 
he takes on that appearance. He's just a st- stunning figure to look at, gorgeous. Until, of course, he becomes this monster. But either way, he just, it's the same true with, or the same is true with sin and evil and darkness. It's the funniest thing. It's not frightening in our eyes. It would be better if it was, but it's not. But it's not. But it's not. It's alluring. Yeah. Now, for the Christian, it shouldn't be alluring anymore, right? Then then when Christ comes and, and saves the Christian, the blinders are, are gradually op- are released from his eyes so that he can see the true nature of evil and sin. And men do too, even when they're unsaved, right? All of their pursuits, they recognize are actually futile, right? All of these tragic souls who sleep around and so on. It all leads to, they're all depressed. They're sad. They're, they're empty. It's, you know, a couple things come to mind here. One is, that's why I test every, like I test mm-hmm. and then I probably retest. And even when right. I get the, I'm like, was that, like, how do I know? Mm-hmm. Right? What a, what a strange thing. Because as I explain it, you know, as I talk it a lot, I knew. Right? I, th- I think I knew. Yep. But you're also hesitant because the flesh wants what it wants. It wants what it wants. And and you and that's a tough thing. It is right? a tough like, thing. You're like, you know, so how much is it me questioning yep. him and how much is it battling what I actually yes. want? Yeah. And what I would say with all that is I find yep. when I'm in the rhythm of waking up, yep. praying, reading, yep. things just seem to go smoothly. Absolutely. And I was just thinking in my, as you're talking, I'm like, and when I fall away from that, just ever so slightly, yeah, the, yes. the wants of the flesh Doesn't, really, yes. really come at you hard. Yes, and you, you made that makes. I don't know if that sounds strange to anyone else, but to me, it's like, well, you, you know, just in a simple sense, you you binge eat a ton of food, yeah, and so then you feel crappy, and then it just starts to cascade. Yeah. I guess where I'm talking about spiritually is if I don't do, you know, what yeah. is it? What the word? What is it? Feed yourself on the word. Yep. Yeah. You know, yes. it's funny. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's your, your, your experience isn't unusual. Paul in Romans 7 is so clear. I have these desires of the flesh, he says, and I don't like them. They, my body does what I don't want it to do. This is Paul, who's probably one of the most, if not the most sanctified individual of all time. Right. He's like, I have all of these struggles because my spirit wants to do one thing, which is good. And I know it's good. My body, on the other hand, doesn't want to do good. It wants to do evil. And so day by day, I have to mortify this body um, so that it doesn't do what it wants. And then the, the longer a man spends in the word, you know, the more sanctified he is, the closer he comes to Christ, the more easy it is for him to decipher what exactly is fleshly and what is spiritual or what is from the flesh and what is from the That's spirit. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So as the, uh, you know, the Christian age is like fine wine, are you supposed to? Where the closer, the older he gets, right, the closer he gets to heaven, in a sense, the closer he should be to Jesus. And so his spirit should be, should conform to a larger and larger degree to what Christ is or who Christ is. It's the opposite of what a non-Christian is, right? A non-Christian, the older he gets, the closer to hell he gets. So he gets darker. Whereas a Christian, it should be the opposite. His spirit should brighten. His countenance should be kinder and softer the older he gets. Yeah, you, you'll know the, the tree by the fruit. By the fruits, by the fruits. Yeah, and what are the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All of these fruits, you'll know them by. And they're all, they all take work. They all, the, yes. It's, I don't, I don't yes. know if, I, I'm trying to rattle, go through them all in my mind that you just rattle off. Yeah. Like, do they all take work? Like, is it all as hard as I'm saying it is? Yeah. Um, but to me, 
It takes conscious effort. Conscious I guess is what I'm, I'm getting at. Effort, and it it takes conscious effort, and again, the difference between the wisdom of the world is that the wisdom of the world says you do things outwardly, and inwardly you'll change. The Christian says do things inwardly, and outwardly things will change. Everybody will notice it. Everyone will notice it. Focus on the spirit first, you have to, and then your outward actions will materialize that change. Whereas the world says, sweep the streets. What else? You know, be nice to strangers. Do all of those things outwardly, and then your inward spirit will change. That isn't what the scriptures teach. It's the exact opposite. So man who tries to sanctify himself through works, through the outside actions, will fail. He'll find he's not sanctified. The man who tries to sanctify and grow closer to Christ by um, working on the spirit first will find that the outward actions follow. Yeah. Again, it's a complete inversion of what the world thinks. Complete inversion. Just not talked about. Not really. Not I mean, really. It's sh- sure, in a, I don't know. In a, if you go to church, I suppose it's talked about. I yeah. just, nah, even then, not, not enough. It's every self-help book, of course, right? Self-help books are so often written by people who can't help themselves. And in them, they talk about how to live better lives. But it's always focused on the external. It's always focused on doing on the things on the outside. Then your inward life will be better. I, I, I'll agree with you a bit, but I also would say it's not entirely true on self-help books. I'm, I'm thinking of all the self-help books I've read. Mm-hmm. You know, like go to bed early, get up mm-hmm. earlier so you can win the sure. day before and all these different sure. things. What I would say is, and maybe I was not receptive to mm. it a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, but nowhere did I read... You should really focus on your spiritual spiritual self first, and and get that like fixed. You didn't read that. I didn't. Right. right. I, I've never. I, I don't right. see that. Yes. So I guess I don't know if that's all externally, right? Like going to bed and. and right. Or, I guess. Do you consider that externally? Because you're talking works. I look yes. at like Jordan Peterson. Clean right. your room. Right. Clean your room is working on yourself. Yes. In you know in a metaphor, but. Uh, Yes. Okay. So then, what's the purpose of clean your room and that and his book, even Twelve Rules for Life? What's the what's the purpose of it? If you can get yourself organized, right, then you can begin to help others, and you start at the smallest sense, which is you, yeah. your room, then the rooms in your house, which then obviously translates into your, you know, the first room is you and your wife. Right. Then to your kids. Right. And once you get your house in order, then maybe you can start to branch out a little bit bigger. And then start helping others. Correct. Right. So then when you test that with the scripture. But I'd have to go back and I I have to apologize. Well, I'd not apologize, but uh, I don't, it's been a while since I read that chapter. Right. I don't think he says in there, anything spiritually, maybe he does. I'm going to hear a whole bunch of texts on it. So maybe he does, and I just forget that. Right. Um, To me, he's... But when I think about the analogy of what he's talking about, that's exactly what he's talking about. Right. Now, what would Christ say? What room would he have you clean first? It's the body. Christ wouldn't say clean your room first. He would say clean up your your temple, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says your body is a temple. Now that's a room. That's a room that needs to be cleaned. And Christ would say, instead of cleaning your room to then clean up your life, the temple has to be cleaned first. You have to be cleaned first, and then the life can be cleaned up. And I think 
it's funny. I what I hear when you say that is I hear Jordan Peterson mm. speaking it in a different way, right? Because he he talks about going to the darkest parts of your soul. Yes, which is cleaning up, you know, yourself. Right now, what's the what's the major difference between Christ's version of clean your room, your temple, and Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson's? Is Christ says you can't clean your room. I have to clean you it. You have to clean it. Right, right. Yeah, Christ, yeah. I have to clean it for you. Versus Peterson, who would say, you clean your room. You do it. Christ would say, you can't. And I would bridge the gap saying, you have to decide to clean the room, oh. which is getting Christ to do it. Yes, that's yes, that's a very, um, yes, that's that, that's been a debate that Christians have waged for probably since the dawn of time or since at least Christ came, which is, the scriptures say, but you two have choice. You, yeah, you do. You have both. Like this is one of the. If you don't choose, par- that's right. You're quite correct, and the scriptures agree with you. Right in Peter, First Peter, maybe it's Second. That one I don't know either. First or Second Peter, it's a very well-known passage. Um, Peter says, "God's patient with you because He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants all to come to repentance." Choice. Adam and Eve choose to sin. Right. Paul says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus today." Your choice. But at the same time. Jesus says in John 6, again, 35 to 40, all those the Father gives to me will come to me. And Paul says in Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 actually, but particularly 8 and 9, and Ephesians 1, 4 and 5, that we've been predestined for adoption to sonship to the Father. And um, our salvation is the gift of God. He's given it. He's given it to us. You know, all of these things. And so both exist at once. I firmly believe that. There is so often this debate between Calvinism and Arminianism and, you know, is there choice? Is there not choice? I think it's both at once. It's a paradox. It's like light can be both a particle and a wave. And, and God makes the world so that free will and his sovereign choice exist at the same time. I have no problem accepting that. In fact, I think it's the only way to understand salvation. I really believe that. As paradoxical as it sounds, it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, you aren't cleaning the room. It is Christ who cleans the room. You believe in the Lord Jesus. That's absolutely true. But God said, this this is a man who's going to be saved. But don't you have to let him enter the door? Yes, but he has to, he's the one who opens it. If man is blind, well, you know, actually, it's better, it's better to say man's dead in his sin. That's scriptural. A dead man can't move, can't make choice. At the same time, man makes a choice. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real, it's, that one has split, that one has split Christians apart, that problem, and I don't think it should, because, okay, so again, back with the Corinthians. Why is it, um, I'm just going to say, why does it matter so much? Yeah. no. I mean, like, we're having a fun little debate here, and I go, at the end end of the day, I'm not going to go to the, like, to me, how you get there is, is, it comes back to... Honestly, it comes back to the the numbers thing. The, the, the feather. Yes. The, he's he's the paradox. The thing that the, that I try and wrap my brain around, yep. and I cannot, because at the end of the day, I don't even know if it really matters. Right. But for our here we are. Yeah, yeah. Is he knows mm-hmm. everything, right? Yes. He so does. beginning to end. Beginning to end. He knows how this is all going to go. He certainly does. So he knew I was going to go. Here, 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 here. He certainly did. And yet I still have a choice, but he knows the choice I'm going to make. That's exactly right. And the scriptures say, yeah, God has chosen whom he's going to save. But they also accept his salvation. It's both at once. 
but your I like your comment. You know, the the on whether whether or not it matters. Okay, so back in Corinthians, this is now First Corinthians three four to five. The church is having an argument because some of them follow the teachings of a man named Apollos. He's a very eloquent writer and speaker. And others in the church follow the teachings of Paul. We don't know what the difference is, or at least I don't, what the differences in the teachings are, but there's some difference, whether it's superficial or what. So Paul writes them a letter and he says, why on earth are you arguing about whether or not Apollos is right or Paul is right? He's like, what? Are you servants of Apollos? It's like, do you follow Paul? It's like, no. All of you follow the Lord Jesus. That's first. That's, you know, you're not disciples of Paul. You're not disciples of Apollos. You're disciples of Christ. So stop letting this issue um, separate you, separate yourselves. So in the same way, often when there's these large debates, not that I've had them, I don't actually think I've really had them, but sometimes at camp you would have them and we'd ask the same question, right? Uh, Do you follow Calvin? Or you'd ask that question, right? Do you follow the teachings of Calvin or do you follow the teachings of whoever you're arguing against, whatever it might be. And they go, well, actually, we follow Christ. And it's like, well, great. <laughs> There's no need to- Isn't that the right answer? That is the right answer. There's no need that I think the the division is harsh on this. It's unnecessarily so. I really believe in the paradox. Both exist at the same time. That's true for a lot of things. Virgin birth, that's also a paradox. But, but, but it would also mean, and I, I don't know, this is, the, I am in the weeds right here. Great. The Calvin side, yeah. The whatever other side. Yep. How many sides are there? Lots of sides. Okay, too many. <laughs> but he would have known that. Sorry, he would have known that. Yes, it's true. And so all these sides, you go. Well, why would he allow that? And you go. Well, that isn't for me to know. That's true. By, at the end of the day, yep. But l- it's like Jordan Peterson. Yep. Some people do not like Jordan Peterson. Right. Some Christians really do not like right. Jordan Peterson. Like, you know how many people Jordan Peterson has brought back to the Bible? Mm. It's insane. Right. It's insane. Mm-hmm to start reading the scriptures again. And that means that if he knew. The Almighty he, knew. Yes, yes, correct, sorry. Yes, no, it's fine, yep. That he was using Jordan Peterson to get to a guy like Sean because Sean wouldn't have come back willingly. Right. He can even use Nebuchadnezzar. That's what the scriptures say. Right. Or Pharaoh. So Romans so 9. So we 30. all get stuck in arguing about this. Yes. But it's like, at the end of the day. The mystery is so great. Who yes. is at the top? Right. Who's sovereign, supreme? Who do we all agree is there? Yeah. Okay, if 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 you think it's somebody else, right? Give your argument for why. And and at the end of the day, as long as you're not trying to impose on me your beliefs, Mm -hmm. then we should be able to walk about our lives as human beings Mm -hmm. and carry on. Should we not? Or you disagree with that? Um, well, I can my see I got your brain. Is, do you think it's possible to um, for a society to live in which one group doesn't impose its beliefs on another? So let's suppose mm. that we have a politician or a group of politicians in power, and their belief is no one should impose anything on anyone. But that's a belief that's imposing something on someone. <laughs> And if you don't impose laws, of course, now you can have murder and everything else. Now that's you know, that's an interesting thought. It is. So Trudeau has Trudeau, of course, uh, believes in this perfect multiculturalism when every culture or where every culture lives perfectly harmoniously with the other. Sure, that that's not how culture works. There are some cultures that say we will not assimilate, we will not countenance living beside this particular culture. And Trudeau's imposition of all cultures can exist simultaneously 
is itself a culture that doesn't accept some cultures. And I, when you put it that way, you know, like, you're right. You need, I, I come back to, I'm right. like, you need to have a rock. You do. You need to set that's right. something on the foundation. You will have a foundation. And that's why the Judeo-Christian values yes. of Western culture are yes. stared at You're and go, ex- are we going to wipe this all out? Right. You're and exactly so it, right. Judeo-Christian values allow yes. for any number of different religions mm-hmm. to operate in our society. Right. Correct? Correct. But we all agree, or we did, yes. once upon a time, that right. we had Judeo-Christian values. Right. We have religious freedom in this country, but the country is built on Judeo-Christianity, or a Judeo-Christian worldview. Correct. That's correct. That's correct. It's almost paradoxical. There are so many paradoxes. Now, that... Here's what's so curious is that that Judeo-Christian worldview is being, of course, dismantled in the name of the Judeo-Christian worldview, right? So we have all of these foundations of Canada that are being destroyed because the foundations of Canada allow for the freedom of religion and the freedom of thought, the freedom of expression, which fair enough, but it's at the point now where the foundations of Canada are destroying Canada or they're being justified to destroy Canada, it's being justified to destroy Canada. It's like using mathematics to disprove mathematics. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. You will have, in any culture, any society, a group that imposes its beliefs upon another. You have to have a foundation. It's just the way reality works. What foundation will that be? What culture or what, what, what system of beliefs will that be is the question. Can we talk about, I mean, obviously we can, but discernment, that word. Sure. Can people, like, is that, I don't know. I don't know the proper question here. Everybody have that? Like, is that a a Mm. standard thing? A standard operating system in a human being is like, oh, you have discernment. No, I don't think so. I mean, based on the way, uh, based on the actions some people make or the choices they make. Now, I mean, there might be some level at every, there might be some level in every individual, but the degrees of discernment that individuals have varies. Here's here's the definition of discernment yeah, what is for it? people. Uh, the first one says the ability to judge well. Mm. Okay, that's yeah. one. Two, yeah. in Christian contexts, in parentheses, perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. The first is simpler. I like the first. Yeah. I like the first one. The ability to judge well. So what does that mean? It means you walk into a situation, a salesman says something. Yes. And you sit there and go, something feels off and you trust that feeling. Or you start to see the the fruits of the tree, essentially. Yes. And you go, hmm, I like that. This is, To me, the podcast. Yes. I have tons of people come and sit across from me or yep. screen. Yep. And I use it all the time. Right. Of like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Mm. Yeah, you do have a gift for discernment. That is true. But does everybody... Right. Because uh, the audience, I lean heavily on the audience. The audience, yeah. is, the audience is, is sharp. Right. Um, well, they they were very poor in discerning that Christ was Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> That's certain. Fair. That's certain. I'm curious about the definition again. What does it mean to judge well? What makes a judgment good? What makes a, What makes a judgment accurate? We could say this snake or the snake, this salesman feels slimy. Doesn't, you know, on its own, that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. 
Maybe he is slick, but why should a slick salesman be something to avoid? And how can we trust our judgments on its own? How can we trust our judgments to lead to any sort of truth? Like what if our judgments, if we isolate, if we just take a look at mankind, why should we suppose that our judgments are geared towards any particular objective? That is, why should our judgments be focused on truth? We say, I have a, you know, I'm judging this man. He doesn't seem truthful. Gives me a bad feeling. But why should he? Maybe our judgment should be skewed instead towards posterity, evolution, survivability. Who knows what? Why should they be focused on human flourishing or goodness or righteousness, what might have you? And my answer is, I think, without, a, without Christianity, a foundation, it's impossible to say so. If that makes sense. It's confusing, but... Well, it does. I just... It's like reason. Reason itself, you know, we hear so often that reason's defeated faith. The age of reason has defeated the age of faith. Reason's a matter of faith. Why should we take it on, why should we take it that reason leads to truth? You have to take it on faith that it does. Why should reason not instead lead to, like I mentioned, a new evolution or the extinction of society or the flourishing of society? Who's to say it should lead to truth? Who do you think should lead? Lead the nation, mm. and I don't mean a specific person. I doesn't. Oh. I don't mean like Pierre should. Like I right. don't mean you to. If you were, you know, take Lloyd. Let's just take yep. Lloyd. Okay, they're gonna have a. We're gonna have. I don't know, folks. We we've fallen into uh, weird times where we're just gonna have a leader of Lloyd, and they're mm. going to make decisions with a council around sure. them. I, you can get into the democracy how it sets up. Sure. Who would you want to see at the top? Yeah, whoever doesn't want to be there. That's the, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's a good answer. The one who doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I want the one who doesn't want the job, who's good at it, who knows he's good at it or she's good at it, but doesn't want it. It's just the story of scripture. Moses, Joseph, Daniel, Nehemiah, David, Joshua. And what did they all have in common? None of them wanted power. None of them sought it out. Okay. All of them one. were given it. That's, I mean, the, the foundation is they all believed in, in, in the Lord. That's, sure. that's the sure, great sure. foundation. Yep. But none of them. None of them, uh, they all power. believed. They all none believed. of them sought power. None of them sought power. And then when they had it, they didn't want it as, you know, they tried to get rid of it or they were very hesitant with it. Yeah. Moses didn't seek it out. He was called from a bush. Joshua was the successor of Moses. David was anointed by Samuel. He was a shepherd. Daniel was taken into captivity, into Babylon and then forced into service with the king. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for Xerxes or Artaxerxes and so on and so on. The ones who want it are dangerous because it's under Tolkien quote, they're those who should have at least not one in a million men is fit to boss around other men. Not even the saints, says Tolkien, uh, is fit for it. But he says at least they didn't want it. That's, you know, that's the, that's the plus side in their eyes. Yeah. So the one who wants it should have at least... Now, democracy is funny because you have to run if you want to be a leader, even if you don't want the power, right? So there's a there's a bit of a it's funny a I difficulty there, you know. That's a that's a that's like a an internal struggle. Yeah. You're like, do you want power? No. Yeah. But I mean, here's but, here's here's power for of course. you. You know, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 Lord of the oh, Rings. Yeah. You know? Here's Boromir. Yeah, yeah. Here's the ring. Of course. Have the ring. Of course. You can. You, I could do such good. You, you know, do like such good with what, it. what does Gandalf say? You know, I I, I would use it. Yeah. To do good. Right. Right. My fear is I try yeah. and use it to do good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tempt me with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
Boromir is the most, you know, he's the most human character out of all of them. Yeah. Seems, because he, he man, so, what a he, great book series yeah, that was. Yeah, because he's, he's a, you know, it's it's just what all of us would do. Have you watched the uh, the new um, Leave the World Behind, the Julia Roberts? No movie. No, is it good? Um, was well, dark. Okay. Uh, so a cyber attack happens. Right. Uh, you know, uh, it's, and for folks who haven't, it's a Netflix movie, uh, that the Obamas helped their mm. like executive producers mm-hmm, on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, the, the, the summary of it is, yep. is a, a family yep. of, um, uh, a man, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawker, married couple with two kids go out from the city into, yep. I think it's upstate New York to an Airbnb. That's like, as my wife and I were watching, like, right. Cause you could afford yeah. this place. It's like a, <laughs> you know, it's like a billionaire sure. mansion, but it's an Airbnb. Sure. Yeah. And, um, while they're there, the owners of the house come back because there's been, something's happened yeah. and they have no, they have power, but they have no internet access, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And, you know, and this story just unfolds. Yep. There's a whole bunch of things I'm going to miss. Sure. But but essentially a cyber attack's happened on the United States yep. and they realize they're going to be stuck together for quite some time. Right. They, they, you know, they, they use the Elon Musk Tesla car to block mm-hmm. highways and, yeah. and they do on and on. And the things that really, you know, like overall the movie is, you know, it, yeah. people are like, are they telling us something right. because the Obamas are behind right, it? Sure. Are they predictive programming? All ah, these different things. Yeah. The things that, the thing that really bothers me, and I don't know why I'm so sensitive to mm. this right now, is Julia Roberts and... Um, Man, I, I like the actor. I'm, I'm going to look it up real fast because uh, I really like the actor. Um, I won't be able to say his name. Uh, Julia Roberts produced it as well. Mm. Uh, Mahershala Ali. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. He played in True yeah. Detective, and yeah. I think he was the piano player in the Green Book. Right. Green something. Right. And he's a fantastic mm. actor. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the, towards the end of the movie, Ethan Hawke is smoking weed with the daughter of Mah- Mahershala Ali. Okay. 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 And she's saying, you know, have you ever slept with a student before? Mm. And, you know, he kind of laughs and whatever, and you're yeah. like, this is a, like, why is this yeah. in the movie? Well, yeah. Why is this in the movie? Yeah. And then Julia Roberts and Mahershala are getting drunk and they end mm-hmm. up dancing together and she's like, oh, I'm married. And he's kind of like, you know, and they have this weird, like Mel's like literally like, re- she literally goes like, really? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, why did that need to be in there? Yeah. Right. Of all the things they're trying to say. So my, my annoyance with the movie yeah. is less on the, the scale of what they're talking about and whether they're, they're foreshadowing something that's going right. to happen. And you know, mine's more of like, like they're, they're literally having... Right. They're, you know, like, yeah. I guess I'm like, I would love to see, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, to flip just for a second, is, um. oh my God, I'm spacing on the name. Uh, the time travel, time, oh God, Sean's brain is not working right now. <laughs> Be- and the reason why, oh, I'm going to look the it up. The time, you got a plot? Yeah, a guy, can, his family can time travel back. It's Rachel McAdams. Oh, I don't know. You don't know that movie? I, I, to be honest, I don't watch a lot of movies. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Um, to be honest. Um, about Time. Okay. Okay. This, this I'm hopping here. I'm taking people on a wild <laughs> ride today. Merry Christmas. About Time is is this awkward uh, guy over in Britain. Yeah. And when he comes of age, he realizes if he goes into a quiet spot, he can time travel mm. um, back in time. Okay. 
And he can alter things, kind of, whatever, and on and on. And his dad teaches him. It's just a very clever movie. Yeah. Very clever. I've watched it several times. And okay. the first time, I love time travel. I love the idea of it. Yep. My wife thinks I'm a dork. And <laughs> I tell you what, you can give me the uh, the most sappy romantic rom-com, which about time is, mm-hmm. but with the cleverness of time travel, I yep. just love it. Yep. So anyways, he's going back and forth and whatever. And he, in his childhood, he had this his his um, sister's like best friends, this gorgeous girl that he always wants you know it's like yeah just and along the way he meets rachel mcadams okay and as the story plays out yeah he meets her again and she's attracted to him and it's leading towards where he's gonna have an affair or Uh, whatever sure and mel always does it she's like oh don't don't and then he does the right thing right doesn't do the yeah he doesn't do the bad thing right he's an honorable human being yeah what a great idea to have in a movie right and i see it less and less and so like if you're going to go watch a movie on Christmas, go about time. Like, about right. time's fantastic. Okay. Because I don't know why I'm sensitive to it. Yeah. But, like, to me, there's too much in the world right now that lead us away. Yes. From a whole bunch of values. Yes. But one of them is, like, is marriage. Yes. It's, it's like, very... Absolutely. And so, if you're going to watch a movie... So, the thing that bugs me about Leave the World Behind mm-hmm. is there, like, in right. this stressful... And I'm just, in this stressful situation, and they show this, and you're like, why? Yeah. Why put that in there? Yep. What does it have to do with anything? Sure. It has nothing to do with anything. Sure. Other than they're like destroying the family unit. That's yep. that's what I see. I just watch it. So you ask the movie. Yeah. This is a very long five minute go no, on. That's true. Is like the movie. Yeah. The storyline. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I see parts in that and I'm like, they're not far off on a couple of these things. Yeah. But the marital side of it. Yeah. The, 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 the characters there. Sure. Although decent. Like, I like the actors and yeah, actresses. Yeah. I don't get it. No. At sure. all. And I, I think this is where society breaks down. When you see the family yeah, unit fall apart in such a gravitos way. It is. It's like. Absolutely. Why is the movies like about time where it's like, yeah. you know, that gets it. That movie gets yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, it is. You look at what our leaders are doing. The, the assault on the family is egregious. They hate the family because a family is its own little unit of sovereignty. It's separate from the dependency on government. Family is the structure of society. It's the foundation or one of the foundations of society. And children rely on their parents instead of relying on government, which means government can't exercise as much control over them as what they would like. So if you can destroy the family, if you can increase single parenthood or single person parenthood, right, and therefore tragically impoverish so many of these broken up families. Who else can they rely on except for government? Means all of this new power, all of this new control, right? They hold the person's life in the palm of their hand with a dollar or $10 or $100 or a food stamp, what might have you. And so I have absolutely no doubt that our leaders work their hardest to see that the family is destroyed. Absolutely. That is one of their fundamental attacks. Look even at the transgender revolution right? It means that reproduction is impossible. It's, that's just the, it's the nature of it, right? That's the whole idea. Look at the right now the wave of, have you seen all of these videos where these 30-year-old individuals talk about how happy they are not having children? Yeah. Tragic. I, it's tragic. It's selfish. It's wrong. And it's completely they just, anti- but uh, they, human. They, 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 just, they, they have no idea what they're missing. Yeah. And methinks doth protest too much. They know. They're lonely. And it's very, I mean, again, I'm not, not 30, but, but 
you know, you listen to testimony and it's very lonely the older you get without children. Yeah. You're going to, uh, you know, your cat's not going to hold a funeral for you. Right. You're not, um, there's no fulfillment in raising an animal, like raising a child. They might think there is. They might think there is, but there's not. There's, um, you know, uh, I wish we could have more kids. I mean, you mm. can adopt for sure of or course. you can foster, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. Am I the insane one where we've had three and, uh, there are days, man, where I'm just like, oh, what are we doing? Mm. And then, you know, and I'm happy Mel agrees on me with this. Yep. If we could, we'd probably have four. And if we had right. four, we'd probably have five. Sure. Because there's just something about the chaos inside a house yep. when it is full and buzzing. Sure. That it just makes life worth living. Yeah. And I, honestly, I never, it's one of those things you can't see until you're there. Right. Uh, Vance Crow may have talked about this before because he was, Vance, uh, if you're listening, I forget how old you were when you had your first. And he just talked about like, I had no idea. Yeah. And you really have no idea because- yeah. You know, like um, the adventure of life when you're young, you can go wherever you want, whenever yeah. you want. You can sleep on a floor. Sure. You can sleep out on a park bench. You can, sure. yeah, it's just wild. Yeah. You can just go. You're living yeah. it. I mean, I mean, you're not sleeping on a park bench. No, but, but you know, like it, it's, it's, you think life is tough. Yeah. Until, you know, you got mouths to feed. Yeah. And you're being pulled 12 different directions. Yeah. You got a sick kid. You got to run to the hospital yeah. in the middle of the night. You know, dad always said, um, you know, you got all these, uh, you know, like he's, truck drive yeah. for a good chunk of his life sure and they got you know like uh, fit to work yeah and uh, you gotta you gotta have so many hours off and you yeah. gotta and, and he goes yeah this is a load of bs like think about <laughs> think about the guy with five kids oh that's me yeah and how much hours of sleep he got last night how yeah. are you gonna protect against that yeah. you can't yeah right you're worried about the guy going and doing drugs and everything yeah. else meanwhile the family man is going as hard as he can he's getting very little bit of sleep the yeah. sleep he does get half the time the kid crawls in the bed kicks you all night like yeah. and you wake up and i looked at my face this morning when i was coming into work <laughs> i'm like i look like i've been run over by a truck <laughs> you know and all it is is just it's just kids yeah that's, that's all it is yeah and yet would you change it for the world no right right like what did the old timers tell me yeah. enjoy these years yeah. like they look at the stress and probably fatigue on you and they're yeah. like i go back to that in a heartbeat yeah you think about that you're like hmm yeah you know, like better cherish that. Yes, absolutely. Look at the, again, look at the scriptures. Christ is so clear. Let the little children come to me. They're fun. They're great. It's a fantastic blessing. And they have a stronger faith than most of you adults ever will have. They have this brilliant childlike faith. If only you could be more like children, then you would move mountains. Because they take things, they take, I mean. Because they, they can believe in what they can't they see. That's right. And they believe it fully children are so serious it's fun right of course like you know when you when when your daughter hosts a tea party you make sure to have tea even though there's nothing in the cup there is there is tea in the cup because that's what she's decided and you wouldn't dare um uh demolish that what she believes have uh, have you heard the song uh have i told you this story about driving in the vehicle i don't know i don't i don't know um i'll pull it up here it's my son's favorite song right now, which okay. is really strange because I'm like Christian rock. Ah, I'm yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm like the same. overall, folks, I'm just not a fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm like you know, uh, but it's funny. I got I've, I've been sent a few different songs, and some of them really stuck. Sure. And it's "Build the House" by Ross King. Okay, I don't know it. Okay, I'm gonna play just a just a just a just a second of it. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. So we're driving the vehicle. Yeah. This gets sense to me. And it's a catchy little tune. Yeah. Like, I, I think it gets better than that. Yeah, yeah. But the general theme sure. is, if the Lord don't build your house. Great. It'll fall. It'll fall. It'll fall. And you can, man, if I could just go back in time, which I can't, and uh, pull out my camera before it happened, which there's no way I could have possibly known. Right. And just film the conversation Mila, my my uh, six-year-old, and yeah. Shay, my seven-year-old, were having back and forth. Yeah. They hear it. She goes, you could just see her like thinking about the words. Because I don't listen to, lots of times, folks, I don't listen to, I like the tune. Right. So if it's a catchy tune, yep. it doesn't matter what the words are saying. Yep. I like the song. Right. Where my wife is like my daughter. Right. They listen to the words first, which yeah. is really, you know, like if you just listen to it. So yep. anyways, her face kind of screws up and you can tell she's thinking, what does that mean? Uh, and then the two of them. Yep. I don't even get to interject my thoughts on it. Yep. The two of them now, a seven and six-year-old, are having their discussion uh, on why if the Lord doesn't build... And, you know, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. We're not this big, giant church family. Right. We're not this... You know, like, this is new. Yep. And so, <laughs> I'm watching these two children yeah. have this wild discussion. Yeah, profound. Profound. Yes. That's the only way I can explain... Like, yep. it was... It was Man, if I could live in that moment, yeah. which you can't. No. But it was it was such a cool moment as yeah. a parent. And I, I I was like, man, these guys know more than I do. Yeah. They're right? super, like, oh, profound conversations. So many children, they know so much more than we give them credit for. Profound conversations. That happened at camp all the time. You'd be doing something. There'd be 100 kids there every week. And you'd be doing something. And out of the corner of your ear, you'd hear some kid utter something so <laughs> galactic that it, you know, you had cool. to stop what you were doing because <laughs> where did this come from? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant minds. The, you know, the cool thing, you know, wherever, hopefully, you know, the thing I think about is like, although I, I can't explain the moment, I can't show people the moment, whatever, yeah. someday, hopefully, you know, like the catalog of episodes here, mm. my children, if they so choose, yeah. will be able to go back and listen. And, you know, like, because how, are they going to remember that moment? Probably not. Right. Like it's just another moment in in the uh, endless moments yeah, of time. Sure. But for me, that one sticks out. And there's certain ones that just stick out yeah. where you're like, I remember that for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sacred moments. I was um, later this week, Clay Smiley will be on. Mm, yeah. And, you know, Prophet River. Yeah, yeah. And I was telling him, um, and, and I guess maybe I'll ask you this. Sure. Uh, I was saying to him, the power of belief. Mm-hmm. Like you don't understand what it means. To, so if I believe in Tanner and yep. give him the opportunity to come in here and talk, yep. then maybe that takes him somewhere he never would have been before. Right. That's power of belief. And right. and it can be really, I always think about it in hockey. Mm. As a young, small defenseman, I got cut an awful lot. Right. It took one coach yep. to believe in you and right. off you went. Right. And so I go, that's really, really um, special. Yes. And so I had... Clay Smiley in here. And I got to. I got this wonderful opportunity to say to him, like, thank you for. He gave me fifty dollars once upon a oh, time, nice. and people hear this story. Yeah. Um. And it, for him, it was inconsequential. Right. I can remember his look on him. Oh, 50 bucks. Like, yeah. Here, here, have fifty bucks. You yeah. Know? That okay. But for me, it was like a belief in the idea I was going. Right. It actually set me on fire. Now the original idea didn't work. Right. But I got to tell him about you know, and I wonder. In your world. Yep. Has anyone ever done that for you? Where where the belief in I don't know you yeah. has set you on course to somewhere else. Well, 
like, well, I'd say my parents, prop mom and dad, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think whether or not, I'm trying to think whether or not I use the term believe in you. I think it'd be for us, it's more accurate to say they believe in the Lord, obviously. And so they believe in the task that we think he set before myself or Hunter, whoever else it might be, my brother and so on. That's what I would say. And so even though there are times when it's difficult to continue on this path or it's you can doubt or whatever it might be, they return to the, yeah, we return to the rock, to the Almighty. And that has been such an encouragement because it takes then all the, um, so much pressure to perform away. And we just, instead you rely on the sovereignty of the Almighty. That would be more accurate. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you're right about the power of belief. Now, as a Christian, of course, I say that, you know, we can believe in a man to do this and that, but only one man for to raise us from the dead. That's the that's where Christ says, here's the real test. But you're trying to make a career yes. out of spreading the gospel, Basically, I would say. yeah. But also on commenting on yes. the world that it be. The current state of the world, yes. And you go, um, somewhere along the way, yeah. somebody's probably stepped in. Yes. And been like, why don't you come speak here? Mm. Or whatever it is. Because yes. I really like the way you do things. Right. And you go, yeah, yeah. that opened up this door, which oh, I would have yes. never had that chance. Yes. And that little bit of belief in what I do yes. really changed the oh. trajectory of how the road was going to go. Yes, that happens every day. Oh, yes. Whether it be, um, whether it be you know, a particular member of um, a nonprofit group that's heard me speak and says, you should speak again. Or I'm giving your number to this person. Because they should have you speak at their organization. Do you have one that sticks out or you don't have one? No, I don't have one that sticks That's out. That's interesting. You know that? I don't. Because it's happened, it's happened so often. Um, yeah, honestly, I, honestly, I don't. You can see the Lord's sovereignty. What a, what a, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think hard here, but. And I'm trying to, like, that's either one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Yeah. Or one of the most sad things I've mm. ever heard. And I can't actually quite make out my mind on that right because although i agree yeah that it happens all the time yes there are some that are just they just poignant in your mind yeah yeah no i don't honestly i don't and and again as a christian i don't believe in myself so i would never say put your faith in me believe in me i'll get it done I would never tell that to an investor or someone who wants to have me speak because I don't even believe in myself. So I couldn't do that. Yeah. Christ doesn't say, I believe in you. He says the opposite. Believe in me. Believe in me. Never once. That's such a, that's such a new age philosophy. Just believe in yourself. Christ would say, I believe in you. No. <laughs> no, no. That's actually the first few words of that maniac chapter I was talking about. Where Maybe belief isn't the right word then for what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Because you, uh, I'm like, you know, the ripple effect of your actions in a day yep. can really oh. send people off yes. on different courses. For their entire now, lives. And for your entire life. Absolutely. Not just for an hour. And so Clay Smiley, I, I pointed out, and maybe yep. I use the word belief, but, but I, it's just... It's kindness. It's yeah. like, yeah. I don't know the right word. Sure. But it, in its small little way, yeah. just pushed me. Yeah. Led to a chain of events that's 
put you where you are right now. In the smallest possible in the smallest microcosm. Possible. It's like a butterfly effect, I think yes. is what they call it in, yes. in mathematics. Yeah. It's this it seems to be insignificant. Because you know, if, if if you go back to the big guy knows all. Yes. I gotta put Clay Smiley in front of him. And then and then this is gonna happen and he knows yep. that it's just gonna like it's gonna take time. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Like you can he knows all. The Christian says he also ordains all. And then man goes, well, man doesn't have a free choice then. Well, he does. It's both. It's the most beautiful paradox. Probably my favorite paradox that exists, at least that we know of in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at ordain. Mm. Past tense, ordain, ordained. When did it mean? Not ordained. I like that you look up definitions. That's well, good. Be well, precise. I, well, I, I'm like... Ordered, why does it say this? It, this is the definition. Make someone a priest or minister confer holy orders on. Oh, yeah, sure. To order of a decrees officially. <laughs> but that that isn't... God gives a decree to the world, how it will operate, how it's going to work, what's going to happen. That's the whole basis of prophecy. Order, prescribe, determine. Predetermine. Yeah, okay, sure. That works. Works well. Yep. So you have both. You have Isaiah the prophet says that the suffering servant will be, you know, martyred in essence is what he says. He'll be pierced in the side, will reject him and so on. You have the Pharisees when Christ is alive, acting under their own volition, who reject him, sentence him to die, pierce his side with a spear, and he gets the Romans to do it, and they fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah work at the same time. And it's so confusing that at the end of Romans 11, when Paul <laughs> talks about that kind of, he says, really, who can know the mystery of God? Yeah, it's, it's futile. Yeah, it's futile. That's right. right. He gives, but it, but yeah. I mean, it's such a, you know, it's such yeah. a fun topic. It is. You know? It is. I never thought those words, that string of sentence would come up, but like, yeah. you know, it's just such a large part of the world. Yeah. And we, you know, we certainly talk about it well more than yes. I did a year ago. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. But like, it's such a fascinating, yep. fascinating thing because, you know, the more I talk about it, I find the more people have had their experiences with it. Right. And they don't talk about it because you'd be lab labeled crazy. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. they're going to label me a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. You know, let's figure this out. Let's. Yeah. No, I mean, not that you can completely figure it out, but, oh, but you can yeah. certainly um, point yourself in the right yeah. direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any final thoughts on Christmas Day? Merry Christmas. Christ is alive. He came first as a babe in a manger, powerless, weak, everything opposite of what we thought he should be. He proves himself to be the fulfillment of prophecy, the fulfillment of law, gives himself up on the cross. It's his purpose for coming to earth. Proves himself to be the Messiah by his resurrection that the scriptures discuss, offer salvation to all mankind. Those who want it will have it. And he's coming back. There's a second Christmas. It's imminent. And this time he's not coming as a helpless child, but as a God, as God himself, as a conqueror to take back the world from all unrighteousness and evil. So repent and believe the gospel. That's the final word for Christmas. And your crude master final question here ah. is, 
what do you got going on in 2024? What Busy. Do you, what, do you, what do you, if if people were, um, I don't know, whether it's fall along or what are you excited for in 2024? Book coming out in January. Oh, well, we got to have you back on. I know. Do I get I'd a pre, like uh, Absolutely. pre uh, Absolutely. copy of that? Absolutely. Put it in the studio here Absolutely. Somewhere? It's called Kingdom of Cain. And uh, any more teasers on this? The subtitle is Escape the Insanity of Progressivism. And do you know what date yet it's launching? Uh, you know, actually, I don't quite. I'm hoping as soon as possible because I have about 115-ish or so speeches next year just on the pension plan that are booked. And I want that book there at all those events. Man, you think of how much you're going to, like, saying this, folks, if you've never seen Tanner on stage, I put him in a very, I just like how you approach it. Oh, thank you. So, like, you know, some people get uh, miffed at yeah. a, when I go, you got 12 minutes. Yeah. 12 minutes, how do you yeah. expect me to get through? And I'm like, well, yeah. I expect you to <laughs> articulate what you're talking yes. about. Like, I mean, it's pretty yep. self-explanatory. Yep. Now, in fairness, some speakers, I've learned this too, right? This is an ebb and flow, yep. uh, that um, giving them 45 minutes yep. is actually what's needed. Right. The audience wants that. Sure. But sometimes as the guy in the background, you have to kind of tailor it because yeah. know, I'll sit here for five hours. Oh, yeah. Mm, well, maybe. I might not, though. That's right. Yep. And so one of the things I've really admired is uh, your ability to get on stage and get a message across in a short period of time. Well, thank that's, you. That is an art, man. Appreciate it. I've sat yeah. and watched people talk. That's an art. And yeah. then, you know, shout out to, uh, wow, well, I'm not going to single anyone up. I think you do a very good job. Well, thank of it. you. So the fact you're going to do it 115 times. It'd be fun. Um, well, I just think you could go back and listen to episode one, folks, and now you're at five, five, five. Yeah. You go, uh, like, there's been improvement. Yeah. Whether, and, and there will be improvement in you. I look forward to seeing how that goes. And as for your book, when it uh, you have the copies of it, we'll- uh, That'll be fun. Well, I'll, I'll try and get through it, right? I'll oh, try yeah. and read it so oh, that yeah. we can sit and discuss. That'll be fun. That, yeah. That'll be a ton of fun. And then I get to help promote something you're doing that- I appreciate I mean, help and promote anyways, but I really admire what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I think a lot of the audience does too. So I think a, a book coming from you- um, be interesting. I appreciate it. It'll and be fun. Then I get to dig into his, oh, his yeah. thoughts. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, what do we mean by this line? Oh, yes. Done fun. Oh, yes. We discussed a few of the lines today. That's where a few of my lines came from. Cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate uh, you coming in. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to everybody listening. If you're still uh, on here at uh, close to the two-hour mark, um, I hope, uh, once again, I hope people are listening to this five days after. Uh, but uh, regardless, if you're out working, stay safe, and uh, hopefully you're getting home to uh, family and friends soon enough. And uh, just Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays, folks. It's uh, it's a beautiful time of year, and right now the weather is just phenomenal. It's perfect. It's fantastic. Well, I look forward to January uh, of the new year. We'll make sure we get that done. So do I. See you then.